Welcome to the Fantasy Football Brothers DFS Edition podcast. I'm here with my younger brother Carson, and we're going to be talking about daily fantasy on DraftKings today. Are you excited? I am excited. We're switching it up. This is something that I've gone more into over the years. Haven't done this every year I've done fantasy, but it's a very fun change of pace from just regular fantasy football. Agreed. Every week is a new opportunity to create a team that can win you some cash and uh, have a different perspective on the games week to week. So I enjoy it quite a bit. And it's a level playing field, even though luck is involved, but you know, everyone has the same budget. And I don't know how much you want to get into explaining it, uh, just how it works, but um, it's definitely interesting. Yeah, I mean, we can kind of do a general overview. So you have a salary cap of $50,000, and you have to fill up a roster that consists of one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, a flex, and a defense. So no kickers in this in this uh, format, but nine positions, $50,000. Each player has a particular salary that changes week to week, typically, and it's just about putting together the most points uh, with your roster with however much salary you choose to use. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I mean, I'm sure that there are plenty. I found it funny the way you worded that. Um, You technically don't have to go all the way to zero. I'm sure that there are lineups that have, you know, a certain amount of money left over that do better than people that use their entire salary. I would say you try to fit it as close to zero as possible because the valuation of the players, how much they cost, I mean, is relative to probably how they'll do, but at the end of the day, you win this by picking players that a lot of other people don't, and that player has a big day. Um, So that's a part of it too. Yeah, it's just as important to be different from the crowd but also to perform really well yeah it's a balance it's definitely a balance yeah so i think pretty much you know this is our first time doing this but i'd like to kind of in terms of formatting let's just let's jump into position by position and talk about players that we like this week especially at their price point or their matchup so um do you want to take the lead on this one with a, with a quarterback that you yeah, like? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll clarify real quick that the contest, because you enter contests and face other people, the contest we're doing is just Sunday games except for the primetime game. So all the noon games and all the, for Central, all the noon games yes. and all the three-something games, but not primetime. Right. So the teams that are left out of the contest, we'll do it this way, is that it's the Monday night game, which is the... Giants and the Chiefs, they are not included in this. And then the Sunday night game of the Cowboys and the Vikings are not included in this contest. Yeah, and also Thursday, but we're already past that at this point. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'll start and um, I'll go, I'll just go from lowest price to highest price of people that I think are good values. Um, I think Bridgewater at 5,400 is a decent value since he's playing the Washington football team who have been. Uh, very easy against quarterbacks and not that you know this offense the Denver Broncos offense is an offense that you know gets you really excited but the return of Jerry Judy and we'll talk about him later for sure um, could give Bridgewater more options and have allow him to have a better day 
Um, and I know you have him in one of your lineups, so I know you agree. I do. Uh, yeah, and I'm glad that you mentioned that that his opponent is the Washington football team. Yeah. So their their defense is allowing, on average, which is a league worst, 300 passing yards a game. Wow. And for anyone who's familiar with how DraftKings does their scoring, it's a PPR format, but it also includes three-point bonuses for 300 passing yards, which is exactly what the Washington football team is averaging. Oh, wow. Um, and it also includes three-point bonuses for 100 yards receiving and 100 yards rushing. Wow. Yeah, I didn't realize that you had bonuses, too, so that's that's an even better pick, too. Uh, I don't know. Fancy or fancy pros. DraftKings also gives you opposition rank They for the position. I don't know why they have the Redskins at 28th, whereas ESPN Fantasy is as 32nd, but regardless, they're an extremely easy matchup um, for quarterbacks. So that's why yeah, you can the foot, play. The football team is hardly that name. <laughs> yes. Um, moving on, other players that catch my eye. I mean... I think Wentz might not be a horrible play, but honestly, he's $300 more than Bridgewater at $5,700. they are facing the Titans in Indianapolis, but I would honestly feel better about Bridgewater, and he's cheaper, but that's another option. Um, Burrow, so more of a more expensive option, but still not the most expensive. Joe Burrow is $7,100, and he's facing the New York Jets, which could be interesting because... He might not have to throw a ton, which could hurt his value, but with that being said, he could also just have a very big, efficient day against a defense that does not scare you at all. Yeah, let's put it let's look at it this way too, and not to say that this is a one for one comparison, but last week Mac Jones played the Jets. Mm-hmm. He threw for three hundred and seven passing yards, two passing TDs, um, on a twenty four for thirty six completions. Um, he had his best game of the season, and I would argue, despite being a Patriots fan, that Joe Burrow has some better pass catchers than Mac Jones does. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, let's see. I mean, those are the people that I think are the best value plays. I know you have two different lineups of two different people, but I guess... If... I do. So I'm going to talk Go about, ahead. really quick, and <laughs> we may need to reformat this because we're going to end up talking about every option of it at some point, but... Uh, yeah. Jalen Hurts is a player that, I mean, he's gotten twenty plus every single week on DraftKings. Wow, you can't you can't ignore that. So yeah. it's difficult though. The trouble is that a tournament strategy typically involves stacking a quarterback with at least one of his pass catchers, and I don't feel comfortable doing that with the Eagles ever. Yeah. Like unless unless Dallas Goddard's price is extremely low and and it typically really hasn't been, and t- we'll get into tight ends eventually. But um, Dallas Goddard is not one of the players that I'm really looking at this week. Um, but J- Jalen Jalen Hurts' floor on his own is I mean it's it's twenty points and that's really good for DraftKings. Oh, for sure, especially whenever, uh, just you know. To give you perspective, the most expensive quarterback option is Josh Allen this week at eighty one hundred. So, Hertz is saving would save you nine hundred dollars, and he gives you a decent floor from the most expensive. So, you you have to keep in mind like relative to other players what their value is too. Um, so yeah, I can agree with that. Even though I don't really like him, but his his fantasy value is undeniable. 
Yeah, and then I'll say lastly, because I think that I think Matthew Stafford is priced a little high, um, especially playing the Texans. I think that they'll probably run a lot more than they'll pass in that game, which might hurt uh, players like Robert Woods and Cooper (laughs) Cup. But um, Tom Brady, really quickly, I mean, ain't nobody do it better than Brady. (laughs) And uh, they're playing a division rival, the Saints. I think that I just have a feeling, you know, that he's going to, put up some touchdowns and he has done that he's got four touchdowns or four or more touchdowns in four games this season so that's i mean that's a good floor for a quarterback um for seventy four hundred dollars all right are we ready to move on to the running backs yeah let's go ahead and do that um quickly i want to say that some of my running backs that i've been focusing on the most this week have been uh Najee Harris at 7500 um I do like Zach Moss this week who is only 5200 um up against the Miami Dolphins I think that's a good matchup for him um I also like Daryl Henderson at 6500 I'm kind of bouncing around but I just want to get these out quickly um Damian Harris 6100 and who else? Who else? Um, well, you have James Robinson. What do you have to say yeah. about him? Yeah, I just think that James Robinson price sixty six hundred. He's cheaper than still plenty of running backs, and I think he's he's cemented himself as having a very uh, high floor but with just the amount of rushing attempts he gets every week and how he's efficient with the yardage. And he he's not super involved in the passing game, but he does get some receptions. I just think he's got a really good floor. Um, according to DraftKings, the opposition position rank for running back against the Seahawks is 31st and that means it's very easy so I think it's a decent matchup for him um so that's what I liked about him yeah and and it's kind of tough too because once you get past the six thousand dollar mark uh anything lower than that is pretty risky yeah um there weren't I mean and that's why I think Zach Moss is kind of a kind of a sneaky pick because I think he has a good chance to score yeah um in this game but outside of him really i mean kenneth gainwell is five thousand, and that's against the detroit lions but you don't really know how that uh how that backfield touch yeah. is gonna how the touches are gonna shake out i there. mean if if i feel like he has more value than boston scott the other eagles running back but i mean if you want to risk it with gainwell this week it might not be a horrible idea just because if he was to have a good week his price will be higher and since Miles Sanders was put on IR, which we forgot to mention in the last episode, <laughs> but Miles Sanders was put on IR, Gainwell, you know, if he has a good game this week, he could have, like, really decent value for at least the next two weeks. But his price would be higher, but not too high. So I wouldn't feel super comfortable. I mean, you're using real money to enter these contests. So I would do someone a little bit safer. But, you know, he could be in a decent amount of lineups that have those players that are cheap and boom. Um I will say, though, I do, I'll do. i move on from him, and I want to ask you about two players at the same price that I thought about but did not bring myself to do to pick him. Uh, Khalil Herbert and Elijah Mitchell, both at 5400 How do you feel about that valuation for each of them? Uh, to be honest, I don't want anything to do with either of those players. Why? Um, well, personally, I, I, I just... Yes. Uh... I yeah. know you're not you're so, not they're actually facing each other and you're not excited about either of those offenses so I completely They get are that. 
Yeah, that's kind of the issue is that, so I'm looking at the receiving and rushing attempts and all that. So Herbert has the rushing. He's kind of okay with the receiving. He's got three and five catches. Um, and then Elijah Mitchell, like I said, in the, in the regular, he has no targets in the last, uh, the last game that he played. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, uh, Khalil Mack's not going to be there for the Bears, and that hurts, uh, or I guess that helps Elijah Mitchell's prospects a little bit. Um, I think there are better options, and I, I understand the price too, but like, I, I definitely prefer Zach Moss over either of those players. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I will say, since you mentioned uh, I think Herbert, right, not getting any receptions, I will say that like getting a player at running back that is versatile and dual threat is good because it gives them a very uh, high floor and I think that's that it brings you the safest production for daily and yeah, in general. That's fantasy, why, honestly. yeah, that's why I like players like Najee Harris and and we didn't mention DeAndre Swift, but I also have uh, him as a highlighted player this week. Yes. I mean, every week he's li- he's liable to go off in terms of receiving stats. Like, yeah. So it really doesn't matter what the game script is like. He's always getting used, and I, I think I mean he's got. 10 targets, 7 targets, 6 targets, 6 targets, and that's the last four weeks. He's just always involved in the passing game, and that and that helps a lot with the, the PPR scoring. Yeah, and every week he always seems to be questionable going into Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Something that well, I found interesting. Sure. Yeah. He's a decent pick. I mean, he's never valued super high. This is not, like, the most bargain uh, he's ever been as far as his valuation in daily but i mean he's still i mean he's the number three running back in ppr fantasy football so and he's not the third person listed he's much lower than that i think he's the seventh so yeah yeah he's a he's a proven commodity and i think he's a good price for what you're getting yeah agreed all right wide receivers yeah let's take a look at those pass catchers okay i think we can start with the undeniable i think best bargain play and i think i think we all we you have him in all your lineups i have him in mine jerry judy at 4900 and keep in mind the minimum price for wide receivers is 4000 so he's yeah. barely more expensive than like the minimum people that are just on the rosters that yeah don't that will never yeah they'll never yeah exactly so I, I think it has to do with like honestly it seems like a mistake because you see like <laughs> Well, like, for example, at running back, you got McCaffrey is still 8,400, even though he's on IR. So why why is that same thought process not happening? I'm not complaining. I just feel like everyone's going to pick him. 4,900 for Judy. He's a low-end wide receiver, too. I know it's his first week back, but, like, I'm surprised they don't, like, value him higher and price him higher. Yeah. Just because so... he has the opportunity to play, and it's almost certain that he'll play this week. Well, here, here's here's something that's interesting is that in week one where he did play, he his salary was forty eight hundred. That, that is so strange. He's the so same price they, as DJ Chark. <laughs> they weren't they weren't very high on him going into the into the season, and I think that probably considering the injury, that hasn't changed a lot. I don't get um, it. I I agree with you. It's a good value for the the talent of the player. It was a good value in week one. Um, and an I extremely will also good say, matchup that we've already talked about with Bridgewater. Yes, I think that if you're going to, I think that's a viable stack play to do Judy and Bridgewater, especially at those prices. It gives you a lot of flexibility with the rest of your lineup. Yeah. 
Um, I will also say there are there were actually a few players at 4,900 that I was interested in. Um, we talked about this in the regular season show. Cole Beasley, 4,900, with mm-hmm. Dawson Knox out. I mean, it's possible that without that uh, that extra pass catcher taking targets away, I mean, Cole Beasley has been inconsistent, but he has these games, he has these moments, and, and Miami is a good matchup for this, that he'll, you know, catch eight or nine balls and have 100 plus yards and maybe find his way into the end zone like he he's capable of that we've seen it. yeah he's kind of an all or nothing honestly but i do like the amount of target like if he's all in he's getting all targets and i love to see that for sure i did i'll mention real quick i did lie it's three thousand is the minimum price for wide receivers and i think it's four thousand is the minimum for running back so i think i got that mixed up yeah well regardless he he is I think considering what we expect from him this week, especially in a great matchup, 4,900 is a very good value for Jerry Judy. Yeah, for sure. Um, another 4,900 player I was interested in was T.Y. Hilton. What do you think about him? I mean, he was productive in the time he had in the game in week six, correct? Um, but Yeah, the concern the concern is that he stays healthy for the game, he st- yeah. that he completes the game. I don't trust him until he completes the game, but that is a very good price. Is that similar to how you're feeling? Yeah, that is how I was thinking. That's what's kind of uh, dissuaded me from putting him in my lineup. And we can see here on week six, where his first game was played, his salary was 4,100. So it jumped up from 4,900, jumped up to 4,900. Just off of that single performance, which is, uh, that's a good sign that he, I mean, he had four catches for 80 yards and left that game pretty early. So... Okay, I feel like this is one we can talk very briefly about, but I just... How do you feel about... I can't believe I'm even asking you. Russell Gage at 4,200, who had I actually, six targets last week after being yeah, I gone actually, for... I actually kind of like that. I mean, if you're going to go really cheap at wide receiver, I I get Russell Gage being a pretty good option. Yeah. He is kind of one of those players that can... He can burn you, he can disappear, but I think... More often than not, when he's healthy and playing, he's pretty reliable. He it's the, the trouble is that his ceiling is not going to be anywhere near what it needs to be um, week to week. Yeah, and I guess the last bargain play I will say is, and I always have him in my lineup every week, LaVisca Chanel at 4,700. I just like, he got 10 targets last week. I'll, I'll take that floor, even though he hasn't been extremely efficient on them yet. It's just a really cheap price for someone that's getting that amount of looks. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Um, I know you like him a lot more than I do personally, Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, certainly not a bad option, um, especially with that matchup. Seattle's defense has been not great, despite what the uh, opponent rank is. Let me actually dig deeper on that. Yeah, I don't know how they're ranked... uh, DraftKings shows them as ranked 11th against wide receivers. When you go to the matchup tab, it shows that the Seahawks allow 280 passing yards, which is 27th in the NFL, and 414 total yards. Sometimes LaVisca Chenault gets rushing attempts, I'm pretty sure. Um, Well, he has a couple. Yeah, he's got three on the season. So uh, he could break a big play and, and do something well for you, but... I think there might be some better options around his price point that I'd feel more comfortable with, such as uh, how about Michael Pittman? 
5,300. Yeah, I'll talk about Michael Pittman. Um, I think the only thing that worries me about Pittman is just, like, what it looks like in this offense with T.Y. Hilton being healthy for as long as he's healthy in the game. Because that like that was Pittman's worst game of the season, I think, in week six when Hilton was there. And I'm not saying that was 100% mm-hmm. because of Hilton, but it's a factor. But at a price of 5300 that's still a very cheap price for a wide receiver. I mean, when you're dealing with Cooper Cup is the most expensive at 9000 like Pittman's just over half of that price, a little over half. So I think that yeah. I think he's a very safe play against the Tennessee Titans uh, defense, which apparently are the worst the easiest against wide receivers. <laughs> yeah, I don't really I don't really pay too much attention to that that DraftKings ranking because it yeah. doesn't really make sense when you look at uh more in depth with the passing yards and the total yards and all that. So um but regardless I think it's a good matchup anyway. Yeah, I guess I have one more player down at the value like value picks that I- I have on my lineup that we haven't talked about, and that's T. Higgins at 5,200. We already talked about Burrow against the Jets and how that could be good for him. Higgins had 15 targets last week, so I think that's a really good floor. Um, Yeah. And another thing, I do like seeing Jacoby Myers at 5,100, but I don't think you can feel you need your players to boom. And since he hasn't caught a single touchdown, I don't think he's a DFS play. Yeah, I agree. Someone who is... uh similar to that price point that is catching touchdowns is Emmanuel Sanders. And I know we already talked about, um, we talked about his teammate Cole Beasley, but Emmanuel Sanders at $5,400. He's got four touchdowns on the season, um, double digit scoring in all, but two games. And that was week one and week two. So I, I like his, he's kind of a good floor option, um, at wide receiver for, especially at that price point. I'm feeling good about that, and then also let's let's bump up the price a little bit. Chris Godwin at 6,400. Oh, yeah. I was about to say that. Yeah, I think considering that Marshawn Lattimore has uh, Mike Evans' number, and <laughs> and uh, Antonio Brown is out for this game, I really like Godwin to have a good game in DFS um, yeah. against the Saints. How is Godwin only a hundred more than Robert Woods, and the same price as Cortland Sutton? Like that's ridiculous. Yeah, um, I agree. Just, yeah, I, agree I, I, I mean, the whole. I think the part of this, the part it's of this game that is them, probably well, and the part of this game is about finding the values um, yeah. because we're not in control of how these players get uh, ranked in their salary. But it's just about looking at what's available and making the best informed decision that you can. So, yeah, I feel good about Godwin this week. Yeah, I agree. Um, Anyone else that we're forgetting, really? I mean, Deontay Johnson at sixty-seven hundred. I I like that too. I like Deontay. I like Keenan a bit. Keenan Allen. Um, I mean, those as far as like value picks or people that are really good for the value. I mean, you got people undeniably like. Obviously, we haven't really talked much about Cooper Cup, even though he's undeniably like the wide receiver one in fantasy purposes, but he's also the most expensive. So we're not spending a ton of time on him. And the same thing with running yeah. backs. We didn't talk much about Derrick Henry, but it's because he's way more expensive than everybody else. It's just not a great strategy to just go for those known commodities. And like, I don't want to say waste, but use up a lot of your salary. Um, so that's yeah, kind of why well, we're what, a, what ends up process. happening is 
when you when you load up on like guarantee talents like that, you need to get you need to get very lucky with your bargain plays um, yeah. elsewhere in your lineup in order to pay off in those contests. Yeah, look for a team that's more well rounded, and that should be more successful. Yeah, like a well rounded team will never more often than not win you first place, but it will get you in the money. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of like. I mean, you know, different approaches for different people, but if the idea is to make money consistently, having a uh, having a well-balanced team is a better route than going for uh, flyers. Agreed. I think we're ready to move on to tight ends. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, we don't. This one should be brief because you know we we play regular fantasy football without tight ends, so. Yeah. Obviously, there's not very many to talk about that are worthwhile. But yeah, um, one that say, I will start with. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say one that I will start with is Rob Gronkowski. He's forty six hundred, which is let's see, how is that ranked among tight ends? Like uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, eighth, eighth. And if you know, it's been four weeks since he last played. But if you remember, he was the number one tight end, like or very close to the number one tight end. Yeah. He scored a lot of points. He had four touchdowns in his first two games, uh, 12 catches in his first two games. He, I mean, Brady Brady likes getting him the ball. And, again, without Antonio Brown and with Mike Evans maybe hindered in this game, I think Gronkowski has a good opportunity to capitalize on that returning for the first time. Yeah, I agree. Um, another tight end that i see you have in your lineup that also caught my eye for his price is jared cook at 3400 i mean when you scroll just from bottom to top as far as salary um he was really the first tight end that catches my eye I'm like ooh, that could actually be a really good play so i think he's got good value yeah 3400 for jared cook um and it does show that the patriots are ranked second against tight end <laughs> but we, we we're gonna have to we're going to have to ignore that moving forward, I think, because uh, the Patriots really just haven't played many, uh, like, star tight ends in yeah. order for that rank to really hold any true weight. Yeah, that's fair. So, yeah, I think I like Jared Cook in this matchup. I think that he can, you know, he can sneak his way into the end zone on one of these, you know, like, red zone plays. He gets a handful of catches every game. He's pretty reliable for at least four to five targets if not more every game so i think he's a good option especially at his price point um the only other one and i referenced this before we started recording and he didn't even know who i was talking about tommy sweeney yeah who is who is dawson knox replacement oh my god and he looks kind of like him he's he's twenty nine (laughs) hundred dollars he's the cheapest tight end that i would consider playing um in DFS, but he's going to have that job to himself. Head coach seems to like him. He only got one catch for a yard last week, but it was for a touchdown. Jeez. Oh, um, so if you want to punt at tight end and go with Tommy Sweeney, I don't blame you because it can open up your lineup for other opportunities elsewhere. Yeah, he's got a cheeky smile too. Uh, I'll throw a few more names out that we don't need to go too in-depth in, but that I think could be interesting plays like we've already talked about fire and uzama uzama how do i always say U- it differently uzama uzama we talk about uzama and fire a lot in our previous episodes but 
Farmus at 3,600. Uzama, 3,700. Um, could be decent plays. I, for my lineup, picked Seals Jones at 3,800. I don't know why. Um, Draft well, he's been, he's, been, he's been consistent lately. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. I don't know why Draft Kings isn't raising his price. Like, in the absence of Logan Thomas, who is almost certainly not playing this week, even though I think he is eligible to. Um, I don't know why Seals Jones isn't higher. Like, he's getting a handful of targets. He's, like, the only other reliable option in that offense besides Terry McLaurin. And he's, like, on the field for the snaps, like, over 90% close to of the snaps. Yeah, yeah, close to 100% of the snaps. It's close to 100%. There. So I think he's a good play. Goddard is someone I like just because Ertz is gone, but he's more expensive than Gronk. So I think you would always pick Gronk between him and uh, Goddard. I guess yeah, what Goddard, last... and the other thing, yeah, I was just going to say the other thing about Goddard, and we talked about this in the regular season show, is that uh, he just didn't get as many targets as you were hoping for with Ertz out of the picture. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, that's definitely true. Fant, 4,900. Uh, I don't know. You're, you're spending a decent amount for someone that probably will have a good game, but I say you take more of a risk, or not even a risk. Just go for more of the value picks and save money, I think. Uh, Mike Gesicki at 5,000. I wouldn't spend that much for him, but how do you feel about that? Um, well, he's been really good lately. Yeah, he has. Uh, 20 plus points in back to back weeks, and I think it's, it's valuable that the, the Dolphins are going to have to pass the ball, they're going to be without Will Fuller, and I ha- don't have word on Devontae Parker yet, but possibly him as well so there's an opening for him but five thousand is a tough price to swallow at tight end when there are better uh value plays lower on the list yeah and again in my opinion like we've already said i wouldn't advise going for too many of these super high priced options but especially for tight end i think you're better off just getting one of the value picks but like kyle pitts is the most expensive but i don't think he would buy into that hawkinson uh, being 5400 i I don't think anyone should make that choice and spend that much for him until he like starts to, I don't know. I don't trust him at all. And he's the second most expensive tight end. So I wouldn't feel good. About yeah. Him. Yeah. He, he really has been uh, rough. He's got a three game stretch in the middle of the season so far that was all single digits. And those were, those were priced similarly to where he is now. So I don't think he's really that good of a value at that price. Yeah, he's not really a value, even though a lot of just casual fantasy managers probably know his name just because he's a tight end that has should have consistent value. I don't think he's even close to being uh, like a smart pick this week. Um, I guess, do we want to talk about defenses? I guess we do a little bit, right? Yeah, I'm going to just go ahead and say this that like there is there are pretty much two mind two uh school of thoughts or schools of thought. Yeah, schools yeah. of thought, <laughs> not school of thoughts. That was a uh, that was Carson that was Carson's high school. Hey. So uh so anyway, let's go with this. Um there are two approaches with when it comes to defense. People either usually play the lowest, like the cheapest defense and just hope that it does okay or they'll spend up and pick a more of a matchup based uh play with their defense yes and i am of the mind that i prefer to play that matchup based versus just 
taking a punt at defense and picking the cheapest option because more often than not you can work around your the rest of your lineup and still have a very good defense that it provides you better opportunities for scoring um the worst case scenario is if you get negative with your defense and that can certainly happen with the with the cheapest defense oh for sure i would say that i usually (laughs) don't spend up on my defenses i don't go to the bottom of the barrel i don't have too much uh defensive knowledge just because of how our regular fantasy uh league is set up but I, I tend to look at fantasy pros. I guess I, they're, they're definitely not a sponsor. But uh, I look at their rankings a bit and try to think, see who I think is the best value play. Which for me, and that hasn't worked amazing for me, but it gives me at least some frame of reference for, like, you know, I think, what defense I think the term well. pros is used loosely. <laughs> yeah, I, I ended up picking the Bears. But, you know, like Blake has said, Kilio Max out. That's a defensive player I actually can name, so that's kind of a big deal that he's out. Um, but you know they're facing the 49ers so that's not a super high octane offense so you kind of that's more of i guess a middle ground pick honestly um than yeah and and i think i think technically my choice is a little bit middle it's i mean it's above 3000 it's 3300 for the bills but it's it's buffalo at home against the miami dolphins you like that you do Uh, for sure i'm surprised the bills are Right, the Bills are averaging the most points of any defense on this slate. So it's it's they are averaging double digit points. They're averaging twelve points. Uh, you have a high floor. They have a good number of interceptions because of uh, Trevon Diggs. So there's a lot of things. Or I'm sorry, that's a uh, Cowboys. No, wait. You're thinking of Steph. Well, Steph on that I'm thinking team, of his brother. But I'm his thinking brother's of his on the brother. Cowboys. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Should, I got confused uh, there. White, right? Well, just their defense has double digit interceptions so far in the season, double digit sacks. They're a balanced team. Um, and, and again, it's against the Dolphins, and they're at home. So there's just a lot of things going their way. $3,300. I'm happy to spend that amount for them. Um, I feel really good about that decision. All right. Well, we finished it up. We finished up with defenses. That's pretty much all that we have left to say. Um, next episode, we will be reviewing how Carson and I performed in DFS, and we'll be looking at uh, Week Nine. So, hope you guys will join us for that next one. Thank you all for listening. Carson, anything left to say? No. I hope you all enjoy our, I guess, second series that's specific to DFS and. Uh... Yeah, hope you all are enjoying all the content. Check out the regular season one if you haven't. Yes, yes, definitely. All right, thank you for listening, and I'll see you all in the next one. Peace out. Bye-bye.